The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. Last time I preached it, that I'd preach it again, and it's been probably seven or eight years, so some of you have not heard this. And uh, it's something I'll preach again, because I think it's very important for us. And uh, the, the title, I guess, if it has a title, is simply this, Three Certain Signs of Salvation. And... Uh, when I, uh, I, some of y'all know this, when my children were young, and it still works today, uh, that's how I called my kids. Uh, if we were in a big crowd or wherever they were at, uh, if they were out in the pasture playing or wherever, I'd give a whistle. I mean, come on, come here. <laughs> uh, you can hear a whistle a lot farther than you can hear a shout. Uh, my family, uh, Especially on my mother's side, it was a little wild. You know, you may can uh, relate to that. When you, uh, when we would get together, and uh, Dwayne's not here, y'all, may, some may may or may not know Dwayne in Maryland. That's my uncle, uh, and my mother's brother. He has a twin brother that looks just like him. You know, twins don't always look alike, but they they look just exactly alike, and. Uh, that whole family, when we got together, it was chaos. I mean, it really was. You, uh, you may have similar outings like that, but I was thinking about what some of the conversations we used to have. And back then, when I was a kid, the big topic was Kennedy and the assassination of, of JFK. And some of my uncles and aunts thought it was a conspiracy and some, some thought it wasn't. And they would be all of these... Uh, conversations going on and getting louder and louder and louder. And uh, then there was all kinds of kids. I, I should have sat here and tried to count us all up. I, I don't know how many kids would be there, but uh, there was always an aunt or two trying to fix somebody's hair. Do y'all anybody do that? You know, I mean, uh, my grandmother, they would, uh, we called her Nanal. They'd say, come here, Nanal, we're going to fix your hair. I don't want my hair fixed. Sit down, we're going to fix your hair. And so they'd be fixing her hair, and then we'd have the Kennedy assassination going on, and then TV playing three times too loud, you know, because nobody was watching it but one old uncle, and he kept turning it up because it was too loud, and uh, probably going over and turning the knob and turning it up was because it was too loud. And then you had all these kids... Uh, noisemakers going off, whatever you had, fights, arguments, disagreements, laughter, games. All of this is going on at one time in a room about as big as one of our Sunday school rooms. You know, that's as big as the house was, and it was about 3,000 degrees in there. So hot that uh, my Nana had some candles on her uh, wall that had melted and folded over. That's how hot it was in that house, you know. And all of this is going on at the same time. That may bring back some good memories or some bad memories, whatever. It was, it was a blast. I wouldn't change it for nothing. But when it was time to leave, I could yell out, all the Vaughn children, let's go. It's time to go. And all three of my children knew it was time to go. I mean, they may have ignored me a little bit, according to what the activity they were doing, but, but there was no doubt in their mind that I was talking to them. They understood that. Uh, when we, they got a little older, that's when we started whistling. That was easier. And so when they heard that, that call, they, they knew that's, his, that's my dad talking to me. And, and there was no question. 
So this morning, I want us to think about that. If the Lord Jesus came back to earth today and said, all of my children come to me, would there be any hesitation on your part to say, is the Lord talking to me? Was, was he calling me? I mean, am I a part of that family? Am I a part of, of who God would say, hey, my children, come on, it's time to go. And I hope this morning as we think about that and as we look at these three certain signs of, uh, of salvation, we'd be able to say, you know, when the Lord calls, there's not going to be any hesitation on my part. I'm going to know exactly who he's talking to because I'm his child. In Romans chapter 8, in verse 14 through verse 16, that's kind of going to be the the focal point of our of our uh, message this morning, but Romans 8, uh, 14 through 16 says this, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. We could say just as correctly, these are children of God. For to you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, now hear this again. We are first led by the Spirit. So if the Spirit of God leads us and calls us, we're not saved by any other way unless the Spirit leads us. That's what the Bible says. If we are led by the Spirit of God and we accept Christ as our personal Savior, then we become children of God. And we don't receive a, 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 a spirit of fear, but we receive a spirit of adoption by whom we can cry out, Daddy, our Abba Father. And the Spirit Himself, the Spirit of God Himself, which lives in Christians, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In order for us to experience revival, and, and we're not in a revival meeting, what we call revival meeting, but uh, to be in a, a spirit of revival, and that's for us to be revived as Christians, uh, a revival only starts in the children of God. Now, if revival starts, it may affect other people, but the, the, a revival is the sovereign work of God among His children. And that's where revival starts, and, and there's many benefits of that, but, but the, the first step to being revived as a Christian, to being where God wants us as a Christian, is to be among His people, among His children, and, and not everyone's a part of the family of God. Now, that's the thing that today, and we talked a little bit about some absolute truths over the last few weeks, and we talked about Satan over the last few weeks. Some of the, some of the ideals and some of the New Age movements is this, we're all a part of God's family. Now we, we get there many different ways. There's many different avenues and many different paths. That may sound real good, but it's unbiblical. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father unless you come through me. That's the only way to heaven. And, and so our society today would have us believe that we're all a part of the family of God. Over in 2 Chronicles 7.14, we're not going to turn there, but Jesus is talking about revival. And he says, if my people who have been called by my name, and, and he goes on with some different ideals about that. So, so we need to understand 
if we're God's children and not simply because we were born and we've come to church and our parents came to church, you know, that's what the Pharisees always said. At, at we're a, I'm a Pharisee and my father was a Pharisee and I'm in the line of, of Abraham and because I'm in the line of Abraham, I'm automatically going to be a Christian. Well, that's not biblical either. So what I really want us to examine ourselves today and think about today is, is have I found myself in the faith? And you may say, well, I'm, I've been, I've, I was born again years ago. I've never had any doubt. And that's great. And I don't want to raise any doubts. And I'll say that again in a, in a, in a little bit. But as an individual, as a church or a nation, I think we need to take a look at what Paul encourages us to do in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And this is what Paul says, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith, and test yourselves. I mentioned a while ago, school will be starting before long, and, and I know that there's going to be some times that, uh, that you're going to have to do some examinations if you're a student. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to take some tests. I, I went to a lot of training when I first uh, started working in the electrical industry, and the, the thing they would do, I don't know why they would do this, the very first thing we'd do on the very first day of class is they would give us a test. And, and it would be, a, the, I remember one on electrical theory, and I had never been to any kind of class on electrical theory, and they, they laid that test down in front of me, and it, it might as well have been written in Greek because I didn't have a clue. And I, I mean, I was just, that's the way I used to do those achievement tests. You know, I'd just start coloring dots in as the time started running out just to try to make a pattern, see the best I could do. And, and uh, so some of y'all don't even remember those. Y'all don't do those anymore, do you? Y'all don't color in? Do they still color in? Do you still do those? Some of you kids just colored in circles. I want you to know that if you didn't already know. But, but uh, the first thing they do is they examine you. They'd say, well, know what, we, want, we want to know what you know. You know some of the smart alecks would test out and they'd send them back home. They thought they were cool, but I'd get to spend two weeks in air conditioner at school and not have to go back in the hot and work. So I may have been the smart one after all. But, but anyway, after two weeks, we'd retest. And, and after two weeks of training, uh, I would understand more about that and I, I'd be able to pass the test. And so that's an ongoing process. So this morning, I hope you won't tune out simply saying, you know, uh, I don't have any questions about that because, like I said, Paul said we ought to test ourselves and we ought to examine ourselves to see where we are in the faith. So there's three things I want us to, to cover. And the reason I'm doing this this morning is over my years in the ministry, I've been in the, in the ministry now for getting close to 30 years. And, and I've had more people ask about how can I know that I'm saved? I've had more conversations with people that say, you know, I just want to be sure. I, I just not, I'm just not sure. I, I, just, I just want to be sure that I'm a Christian. And, and so if so many people over that many years have been asking, I think it's probably a question on, on other people's minds too, is, is how can I know I have salvation? How can I be sure? And, and what are some signs that I would have? And so there's three things, and there's, there's other things also, but these are three uh, ideals that are pretty easy to think think about and to examine ourselves and to test ourselves to see whether we're in the faith. And the first one is this, ask yourself, am I on an upward path? 
Am I on an upward path? Paul states in Romans 8.15 that those who are sons of God are those who are led by the Spirit of God. So are, are you being led by the Spirit of God? I, I've been looking on Facebook some, and I haven't been on there in a few days, but I noticed the, the, the Wicks have been on in Colorado, and, I, and there are some pictures there, and I love going to Colorado, especially this time of year. When it's 100 degrees down here, uh, and it's, uh, it's 70 or 80, up there. Coach Green's been in Colorado recently, and um, just uh, there's some, some interesting things happens in Colorado. I, I told this story one time, and, and I had a guy come out after the message and say, that's impossible. He even put a couple of cuss words in there <laughs> that, that I said, in Colorado, water runs uphill. Well, that made him mad, you know. <laughs> you didn't have to get mad about it, but but you know, we, we, when we go to Colorado sometimes, we'll be, we'll be driving up a mountain, and as we're driving up that mountain, the, 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 road, will, the road will seem like it's going down or, or, or it's making some kind of odd turn. And you look at the water, and, and the road seems to be going down, but the, the water seems to be running up. And, and you think, how, how can that be? And it's, it's, it's so weird to look and, and to be driving and, you know, you're looking down at the vehicle in front of you, but, but when you look out your, to your left, the, the water's running and it appears to be running uphill. And, and which really what that is, the road is going down, but the, 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 when you're over there where the, the river is, it, it's still facing down. But the, the reality of it is, it seems like you're going down, but the whole time you're gaining altitude, aren't you? I mean, you're, the whole time you're, you're still climbing. I went to Midland this, this last couple of days and I was driving. My old truck's about wore out and I was pulling a camper and, and, uh, man, my truck would start lugging down and lugging down and I would be looking and I would think, Man, why is my truck lugging down? And, and I'd realize I'm, I'm, I'm on an incline. I mean, if you've been to Midland, you know, you could stand on the roof and see 300 miles. But, but I realized looking back that, hey, I've been climbing this whole time. It, it didn't appear that I was climbing, but, but I was really climbing that whole time. So what I want us to think about this morning is my life on an upward path. That's not to say that at our life hadn't had some times that we've kind of been going downhill, but just because we've gone downhill, we're still gaining altitude. We're still climbing. And spiritually, if we're born again, we should still be climbing. We should still be being uh, following an upward path. So as you look back over your life and you go back to that point of when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, have you, has your life been on an upward path? Have you been climbing during that time? And, and some climbs are steep, and I think there's times in our life spiritually that we, we just make a, a big step and we've, we've gone up a lot. And then there's other times that, that we're just going and we're just gradually understanding. We're just gradually growing in Christ. But, but all of that time, our life's on an upward path. And, and becoming a Christian and being a Christian cannot be separated. Becoming a Christian and being a Christian, it can't be separated. You may think you're saved because you remember when you said the prayer or we said the prayer, but, but what about your life, Cynthia? Have, have you grown closer to the Lord? That's a good question. 
If you've grown closer to the Lord, your, your life's on an upward path. Has there been any kind of spiritual growth in your life from the time that, of your conversion? Have you, have you grown in, in your understanding of Scripture? Have you grown in your prayer life? Have you grown in every, any area spiritually? And, and I think if we examine ourselves, we can see that we have or we haven't. But have I grown spiritually any? When you pray, do you pray the same prayer that you prayed 30 years ago? You know, now, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the, the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul would take. And, and that's still your same prayer. And, 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 and your prayer life hasn't changed in 20 or 30 years. That if, it, if your prayer life has changed and you've begun to understand more how to pray and more what to pray, then, then your life's on that upward path. Is, is your devotional life any different? than it was when you were saved? Has your sensitivity to sin and the hatred of sin, has it grown any or has it, has it declined any since you accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Those are some questions that, that you can think about. Is your, your hatred of sin declining or is it growing or, or however that falls into place? Those are good questions. A, a, ch- a changed life is evidence of, of conversion. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. Paul says the old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. So when we're born again and our life's on an upward path, we're a new creation. And when we're a new creation, when a baby is born, that baby begins to change. He begins to learn things. She begins to walk and she begins to to change the way she looks at things and the way she acts and the way they do different things. And the same is true when we become a Christian. We are a baby in Christ. And then as we begin to grow, our things change, how we look at things, how we respond to things, they change in our life. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, It's for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself, but it's a gift of God. It's not of work so that no one can boast. But the, the Scripture also teaches that people that are generally saved, our uh, works will follow. So, so I'm not saying that works is something that, that saves us, but if we're a born-again Christian, our life's on an upward path, there's going to be some works that follow. There's going to be some things that we do that we accept Christ and, and we work for Him. Over in Matthew chapter 7, and I hesitate on reading this scripture because this is a scripture a lot of people refer to when they, when they ask that question. You know, I want to, want to be sure that I'm saved. And it says over in Matthew 7, down in verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me, this is Jesus talking, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, did we not drive out demons and perform many miracles? And then I will plainly tell them, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You see, the difference in this passage of Scripture is this. There's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. And these folks that Jesus is talking to here at the Sermon on the Mount, He's talking about those who had a head knowledge of who He was. In other words, intellectually, they, they believed there was, a, there was a Christ. And they, they said, we're going to work for Christ and we're going to do these things. And, and they never accepted Christ in their heart. They never went to that second step and saying, you know what, just because I believe that's not enough. The Bible says demons believe and they shudder, they shake when they think about the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
Lord. But believing is not enough. It takes that next step of confession. It takes that next step of, of saying, you know, Lord, I'm a sinner and I want you to come into my heart and I need your forgiveness and I need your blood to cover me. Jesus said those words that we might be prepared, but also in 1 John 3, 9, he says, but for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. And that word manifested, you could say the Son of God appeared or, or the Son of God was revealed or the Son of, God, Son of God entered the scene. For this reason, he was manifested that he might destroy the works of Satan or the devil And whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Man, if we read that, we would say, how in the world am I a Christian? Because I still sin. And I want us to think about this. When you look at that and you study that, it's according to what translation you're reading. King James, this was King James that I read read out of because... If we're born again of God, we will not sin, we cannot sin. What that passage is telling us through study is this. If we're a born-again Christian, we're not going to keep on sinning the same old sin. In other words, we're not going to practice the same sin. And, and if we go over, we might say it like this. Whoever abides in Him does not keep on committing the same old sin the same old way without conviction. In other words, if, we, if we're born-again Christian and God's seed lives within us and we've been given a new nature and, and we sin, we're going to have some conviction about that. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna feel the Holy Spirit of God convicting us and, and because of that conviction, we're going to realize, hey, I, I'm a new creation in God and when I sin, there's consequences of that and I'm convicted about that. And then the Bible says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's something to think about. Has my life been on an upward path? The, the fact is that genuine salvation produces godly behavior. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, the, the roll call of faith, we have a, a, a group of men and women that, that we find here that, that a, a salvation, because of their belief in God, they, they, they produced godly behavior. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. In other words, we're not saved by works, but that saving faith and that saving knowledge, it produces work in our life. So if my life been on an upward path, here's the second thing. Have I made an outward profession? Have I made an outward profession? In Romans 8, 15, again it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And I've told you before that word Abba, Father, means Daddy. When John was little, he was pretty small, and he, he started calling me Jake. Now, if you have, a, if you have a, a son or daughter, you don't want them to call you by your name, do you? He, he, he just, every time I, I would see him, he'd say something about Jake or Jakey. That's what, that's what I used to be calling and Jakey. And I'd get on to him and I'd say, don't call me Jakey. Call me daddy. <laughs> Why was that? Because that's a term of endearment. That's, that's something that we, that we can relate to a father, not, not just, a, not just someone we know his name, but the, the, the Bible says we received a, and a spirit of adoption, and while we would cry out, our dad, our, our heavenly father, daddy. And, and you know, only a child calls somebody daddy. 
my dad, my daddy. I, I, I call him daddy, and my, my sister calls him daddy. Some people call him grandpa or papa or uh, brother. His, his sisters call him brother. She got a couple of sisters call him Jake even. And you talk about confusing. <laughs> you know, uh, they say Jake, and I don't know if they're talking to me or him. But, but you know, only a child calls the father daddy. We're going back to that ideal of born again. Would you, would you recognize God the Father just as your dad? I mean, that's who He is. We've received that. The, the thought is that we didn't receive a state of mind as a slave, but we received a, a state of mind as a son to His dad. Matthew 10, 23, uh, 32 through 33, it's talking about uh, that outward profession. It says, therefore, whoever confesses me before man, him will I confess before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before man, him I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. If anybody's ever told you and you've asked them about their salvation experience, and they say, well, that's very private to me. Well, that's great. It is very private, isn't it? That's something between you and God the Father, but your wedding was private to you too, wasn't it? But what did you do? You invited everybody to come. You, you may have sent cards to aunts and uncles you hadn't seen in years, and, and we, we did. We sent one to Denise's aunt that's a millionaire that, that, that we hadn't, don't be lied, don't be embarrassed, don't be shameful. <laughs> Just hoping she'd come to the wedding and give us a present, you know. <laughs> Denise's name is Eva, Denise Vaughn, and her aunt's name is Eva. So we sent a card to Eva from Eva. I'm getting married. And she didn't show up. I've never met her. I don't even know her. But, but anyway, we invited everybody because we wanted everybody to know that we were getting married, a very private, very personal thing, but we wanted to share it with everyone else. Christians, that's us. We, we can't simply say, you know, I'm going to lie to lie and I'm going to hide it under a bushel. No, we want the world to know. And, and have you made that outward profession that the world might know that you're a Christian, that you've been born again? Here's the last thing this morning. Do I have an inward peace? Do I have an inward peace? Romans eight sixteen says, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. I want you to hear that. I want you to think about what it says. The Spirit of God, the Spirit Himself, comes alongside, bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. I think this statement is, is crucial. It's, it's the final, it's, it's inescapable evidence of genuine salvation. The, the witness of God's Holy Spirit, the, that witness of God's Holy Spirit with our spirit affirming that we're a child of God. In other words, those two work together. Those two come together and we have a, we have a peace within us, an, an affirmation within us, and an inward peace that confirms that we're children of God. 1 John 4.13 says, and, and we will be reminded that by this we know that we abide in Him and that He abides in us because He has given us His Spirit. 
By this we know we have the Spirit of God living, abiding within us, and we live and we abide within Him, and we know this because He has given us the Spirit of God alive and living within us. Do you ever play mind games? I mean, we go and sometimes, I've done this before, we we say, well, Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would would come and answer the door, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. And and we start playing those mind games and say, well, uh, I've had some doubts and I uh, the Lord says he's standing at the door and knocking. If he's standing at the door and knocking, I just need to pray. And and if I, if I'll just pray for that, then then I'll have this blessed assurance. You know what all of those things are? All of those things are things that 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 Satan can use to bring confusion, that Satan can use and, and take Scripture and, and turn around. That's why Paul says after we strip away our conversion experience, after we strip away our good life and our church membership and even our testimonies to other, even others that say to us, well, if anybody's saved, you've got to be. After we strip all of those things away, that truly saved person will have a, a blessed assurance from the Holy Spirit of God. His, his Spirit will, will come alongside our spirit and, and we'll have a, a witness to say we are a child of God. When we live in those areas where we say, well, I'm, I'm just not sure and, and, uh, and uh, he, he's knocking, should I go ahead and pray this morning? We're going to have an invitation here in just a minute. I'll just go ahead and just make sure. You know, that leads to that nothing prayer. And, and that nothing prayer to me is this, Lord, if I'm not saved, go ahead and save me. You know, that, that, that's really a nothing prayer because it's not born out of genuine conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. If the Holy Spirit of God comes to us and, and He convicts us to the point of saying, you know, I've, I've never accepted Christ. My, my life's not been on an upward path. And I've, I've never confessed that, that openly that I'm a child of God and, and I don't have an inward peace. That's the Spirit of God leading us. If the Spirit of God's not leading us there, if He's not bearing witness with our spirit, if that we're not truly a child of God, then, then we need to get that settled. But if Satan is just coming at us with all kinds of accusations and all kinds of, of fiery darts that we've been talking about, and we can look back and say, you know, I, I remember the time I accepted Christ as my personal Savior. I've looked back over my life, and, and I've been on an upward path. I, I realize that, that, that I, I've changed as, as my life has grown, and, and I've changed simply through the Holy Spirit. And, and I've made that outward profession of faith, and, and people can see, and, and they see a change in me. And, and it's not because of what I've done. It's because of what the Holy Spirit's done in me. And I have, a, I have an inward peace. The Holy Spirit of God has given me a peace that, that I can cry out, Abba, Father, today. And if, if the Lord was to come today and, and to call out to His children, I know that I know that I know that I've been born again. John said in 1 John five thirteen, I have written these things to you, that you who believe in the name of the Son of God may know that you have eternal life. You know, God wants us to know that we have eternal life. Satan wants us to doubt that we have eternal life. If there's a doubt today, this, this message ain't, ain't isn't here to cause to raise any doubts, but to, to, to put away doubts and to say, you know what? I've read and I've studied and I know these things, that I've become a son of God and I know I have eternal life. Would you bow with me for just a moment? Here's the thing. God loves us so much that He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. God didn't send His Son in the world to condemn the world, but He sent His Son that He might bring salvation 
to us. God has prepared a place, eternal life, more than we can imagine. Satan's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking that which he can devour. Satan masked around, parades around as as an angel of light. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to get a foothold. But Christ has come that we might have life, more abundantly, life eternal. He comes and gives us a new nature. Behold, the old old things are passed away, and we're still going to fail, we're still going to sin. But you know, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, God the Father looks at us through the blood of Jesus, and He sees us as pure and holy. This morning, have you been covered with the blood of Christ? If there's, if there's a doubt, why not settle it? Don't, no, don't, no more nothing prayers. No more prayers. Well, just in case, I'll go ahead and pray to receive Christ again. But, but today, I want to settle it. I want to be able to move on and be revived in my spiritual life, in my spiritual walk. Now, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. There's no magic in the words in the prayer. But, but this morning, if, you, if you've never accepted Christ in your, as your personal Savior, I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. It's not in the words. It's not in the head knowledge, but it's in the heart to realize that you've sinned. And you know the Holy Spirit right now is wooing and calling you into himself. So if you would, just pray this prayer. If you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, Just pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I believe that you came this morning and you came to to pay the price for my sins. And Father, I ask that you'd forgive me of my sins. That you would come into my heart. That you'd be my Savior. That you'd cover me with your blood. And Father, I accept you as my personal Savior. And I pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that in your heart. The Bible says this, that you're saved. We pray that prayer and we're justified within our heart. We're made pure and holy before the Father. This morning, if you've prayed that prayer, we're going to have an invitation. I want to invite you to come this morning. Remember, we talked about that, that outward profession. There's something about saying, you know what, I'm a, I'm a Christian now. The, uh, you may have the testimony of others. You may have a church membership. We may have all the credentials, but this is the first time you've ever prayed to receive Christ as your personal Savior. I don't know how the Spirit would lead you, but however the Spirit would lead you, I want to ask that you would come. Maybe you just got off on the wrong path. And we talked last week about staying on the highway and not turning off and going to the snake farm in the cavern, but, but staying on that path. Maybe you just got off on the wrong path. You need to get back to where God wants you to be. Remember, he never left you, never forsake you, never abandoned you, but you stepped away from him, and today you want to say, I just need to recommit myself, and I need to get back on the path. However the Spirit would lead you, I'm just going to ask that our praise team would pray. We're sing. We're gonna we're gonna sing a real simple song. Jesus loves me, just I know, for the Bible tells me so. 
Jesus loves you today. He's laid his life down for you that we, that you, that me, that we might have eternal life in him. Father, I pray now as we go through a time of invitation, I pray that your spirit would move freely within this place and we would respond in obedience to you and to your call in Jesus' name. Amen.